Hello, Unexplained Ones. We had some technical difficulties during the live broadcast of this show with Dr. Lou and friends, so you may notice some disruptions in audio quality. Thanks for your patience. We appreciate all of you. All Things Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. Oh, I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Hello, all you unexplained ones out there. This is CJ Derringer here with my co-host, Dr. Mounts. We are so thrilled to be joined tonight by Dr. Lou. We call him Chuck. And his friends, Sarah and Stacy, all of the Luniverse podcast. It's our absolute favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We have a fun one for everyone tonight. We've got some sci-fi. We've got some trivia. Yes. We've got some astrophysics for everyone. And before we get started, Chuck, is there anything you would like to share about your podcast or any work that you've got going on? Well, our new episodes are coming out now every two weeks. Uh, just last weekend, we dropped our New York Comic Con episode. Uh, which our uh, guest here, Sarah, helped put together, uh, actually made possible, really, if, we'll, if we're talking, you know, actual realities. So thank you, Sarah. Uh, and then we have the next one dropping with uh, our next guest, Andy Green, uh, which Stacy uh, really helped make possible uh, through lots and lots of effort. An amazing guy who uh, created the My Radar app and, and to run a business entrepreneur does about science, and weather forecasting, and storms and things like that. So I'm really happy with how the universe is coming along with these new episodes. Stay tuned for lots and lots of fun stuff all year long, wherever you get your podcast and on video on YouTube. Excellent. Well, we are thankful that you guys took some time to join us today. We've got Sarah, who I was learning is based out of Boston. And Stacy, where are you coming to us from tonight? I'm in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Excellent. All right. Well, we're thankful to have you guys here. We're going to get our show started. We are bringing a sci-fi episode to you this evening or whenever you're listening to us. And we are going to go into our top sci-fi movies and shows as well as our least favorite sci-fi movies and shows but before we do i thought it would be fun to do a little trivia a little trivia quiz here to determine our order of who is going to choose first so let's do this some of these are easy some of these are hard it's the first voice that i hear answer will uh will take the point so we'll start a little bit easier here you guys ready ready let's do this totally Let's go. Ready. Okay, here we go. Which actor played the captain of the Enterprise in the television series Star Trek The Next Generation? Stacy. <laughs> All right, Stacy, what's your answer? 
My answer is Patrick Stewart. Okay, Stacy with one. Our next question: What do you call the enemy space fighters in Star Wars? Anyone? Anyone? Doctor Mounts. I'm gonna chime in. Okay, Doctor Mounts. Are they X-wing fighters? Not according to the website I was on, but I've never seen the movie, so could be. Oh. But I'm gonna say no. Anybody else? <laughs> oh no! It's Sarah. It's the Tie Fighters. I knew it. There you go, Sarah. It's the Tie fighters that is correct x-wings are the good guys (laughs) all right next question who directed alien in 1979 this is sarah is it ridley scott sarah got it ridley scott it's ridley scott sarah is on it good one sarah all right here we go who wrote the epic sci-fi story the war of the worlds touch mounts buzzing in Okay, Dr. Mance. H.G. Wells. Ding, 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 ding. All right, next one. Rod Serling created what famous science fiction television show? Stacy, Twilight Zone. Stacy, that's it. Twilight Zone. There we go. Okay, here's the fun one. What Star Trek The Next Generation actor hosted the children's show Reading Rainbow? Ooh, this is Sarah. LeVar Burton. You got it. <laughs> I loved that show, Reading Rainbow. I should clarify. Not, not Star Trek. Good. Wasn't that Jordy? Was that Jordy? Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. I don't know. I never saw it. But you got it. Okay. Who played the female lead role in the 1986 sci fi movie Aliens? I'm giving somebody else a chance here. Is that your way of saying you? Doc Lou. Yes. Chuck. I'm going to say Sigourney Weaver. Yes. You are correct. Okay. Torchwood is an anagram and spinoff of what popular British sci-fi series? Oh, this is Sarah. The answer is Doctor Who. Yes, it is. I thought that was so fun, an anagram of it. That's great. I love that show. So good. (laughs) Super cool. Yeah. Next question. Who played the female lead in this dystopian political thriller, V for Vendetta? I can answer this. It was a good movie. Uh, Check here. Was it Yes, check it. It's Natalie Portman. Okay. This catchphrase is from what 1987 action movie set in Detroit, Michigan? I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yes, it's this truck. That was in Robocop. Yes, it was in Robocop. I had to watch that about a thousand times today. <laughs> okay. In the movie, The Terminator, what is the name of the company that created Skynet? See, I thought Skynet created Skynet. <laughs> I don't think so. I've never seen the Terminator. All right, the answer is Cybernet Systems. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yes, Cybernet Systems. <laughs> okay, what kind of car is the time machine in the movie Back to the Future? Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> this is Stacy Delorean. <laughs> Delorean, you got it. She's on the board. All right, she's on. The, she's got three. She's got three. Wait a minute, Doc. You're telling me you made a time machine out of a DeLorean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We have a few more here, and then we'll know our order of, of picking. So who directed Close Encounters of a Third Kind? Steven Spielberg. There we go. It's Steven Spielberg. All right. According to Jay in Men in Black, what is the difference between him and Kay? It's a famous quote. Ooh. Do not. You know the difference between you and me? The difference here is 
I make this look good. Well, that's it. <laughs> I make this look good. Excellent. Okay, another quote. In space, no one can hear you scream. That's the famous tagline for which 1979 space thriller? Alien. I I know this. Yes. Oh, Dr. Lou had a Alien. It. We have a tie, but I'm just going to go ahead and make a decision here. Let's have Sarah <laughs> go first. She was on her game there. <laughs> and then we've got Chuck going second, Stacy going third, and Tim going last. And now we're going to dive right into it. Sci-fi, y'all. I have to say... We kind of came up with this idea to coincide with a new sci-fi movie that just came out last week, I believe. And we're not sure whether it belongs in the worst category or the best category. And I was going to put it on the screen because I googled some of the reviews right before it came out to decide whether I wanted to go watch it. And this movie was 65. It stars Adam Driver. came out last week. And I actually invited Adam Driver to come on the show with us tonight. And I hate to say it, but I think it should tell us something that didn't hear back from him. So I'm, I'm not sure he was very <laughs> confident in the yeah, movie. Yeah, totally says something about him. But here are the first four <laughs> reviews from online. 65, Adam Driver walks the dinosaur. Okay, maybe, maybe that's not so bad. Next review, 65 could have been a cheeky sci-fi dinosaur film. Instead, it's a meteoric flop. Next review, <laughs> a fossil of a film that should remain buried. Ooh. And the last one on the screen was, Ouch. this is how you screw up a film about Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs. So, uh, <laughs> wow. so I think it's a fair guess that unfortunately 65 would go in our worst. All right, Sarah. We're going backwards here. We're starting with number three. What is your third worst, <laughs> worst sci-fi movie or show? You know, it's really hard to think of shows that I don't like. And I think part of that is because once you watch them, you like never want to think of them again. Um, but I was thinking, I was thinking real hard about this. And Jupiter Ascending is on that list of like really terrible sci-fi movies. And yet I honestly actually love it. So I'm probably cheating a little bit here. It's not a good movie, but I really <laughs> enjoyed watching it. Fair enough. Hey, that works. So Jupiter Ascending. Not sure that I have um, even ever heard of Wait, that. But is that the one with Mila Kunis playing take that with the princess? Because, like she's the daughter of someone who gets killed in a mob hit or something. Yeah, yeah. and Channing Tatum plays a werewolf, and she's the queen of bees. It's not a good movie, <laughs> oh, man. but the, Channing okay, Tatum was a <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> He's a werewolf. He's like part werewolf in this. But the, well, the actual like. The visuals are beautiful, which may be why I enjoy the movie, honestly. <laughs> it's so wow. bad. It's good. Okay. Yes. All right, Chuck, what is your third worst sci-fi movie for show? Uh, I'll tell you what. All my shows are going to be rather dated because, like, after about 1995, I just stopped watching bad stuff. I just 
didn't waste my time on them. So I'm sorry that these are all very old, but my third worst that I ever saw was the movie Krull. Oh, Krull. You remember oh. Krull with the glaive, like the thing spinning and throwing around and so forth? Uh, 1983, I think it was, starring some guy named Kenneth Marshall, who had just, in fact, uh, starred as Marco Polo in a grand seven-day, seven-night NBC TV miniseries mega event or something. Krull. It was bad. Okay, there you have it. Don't watch crawl. Crawl? Is it like crawling on the ground? K-R-U-L-L. <laughs> I'm, I'm like oh. stabbing crawl. K-R-U-L-L. Yes, okay. because I actually gotcha. owned the comic book adaptation. I actually played the Atari 2600 uh, <laughs> uh, video game version. I mean, I mean, I was all crawl, but it's terrible. <laughs> all right, we are headed to Stacy. What is your number three? My number three. You know, this took a lot of thought because there are some bad movies out there. There are some bad shows out there. <laughs> my number three. So that that's not my that's not my worst, right? It's my not worst. It's my third worst. Um, Correct. Right. Yes. I don't know. If yes. Any of you guys <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a movie called Naked Space? Same like and gun. What? Naked Space? Naked Space. It's kind of like a naked gun spoof on, on the blob. Oh. If anybody oh, has been playing the blob. The blob is like yeah, a 1950s thing where it's this little bit of schmutz that yeah. turns really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of schmutz. <laughs> So in Naked Space, the schmutz becomes this creature, and they put it in the Universal Translator, and it sings a Broadway-style song called I'm Gonna Eat Your Face. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. It's, really, it's remarkably bad, but 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 it will make you smile. So um, that's my number So it does not come in peace. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the thing is the blob is one of those classic characters i mean the blob is just a classic you know i feel i don't know if the blob was universal but it belongs right in there with all the universal monsters you know dracula the werewolf frankenstein the killer tomatoes Absolutely. yes the, the universal classic killer tomatoes <laughs> Oh, yeah, the killer Christmas trees. They were right in there, too. My number three, and I'll see if y'all can figure this out. It's about a group of people that try to survive when machines start to come alive and become homicidal. And CJ, get this. It was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, former home of our host, CJ Derringer. It was directed by none other than Stephen King. Oh. It was also the only movie ever directed by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> entire, yeah. So the entire soundtrack was ACDC, who Stephen King asked himself to do the soundtrack. They were a little unsure about it until he sang an entire song of theirs and said, wow, well, so for such a fan, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Somebody asked Stephen King uh. 
when are you going to direct another movie? And he's told them promptly, never have you ever seen <laughs> Maximum Overdrive, which is my number three. <laughs> so, it's a classic. And by the way, y'all, I did not know this until today that there is a young Giancarlo Esposito in Maximum Overdrive. Wow. He, he plays a hip dude in the arcade and I kid you not he gets killed by a video game amazing he has, he has, one, he has one line the pinball machine starts going crazy and he says yo mama a waste of talent yo mama yeah. I mean a waste of talent if you ask me for one Giancarlo Esposito it also starred Emilio Estevez it had a Marvel connection. Does anybody remember the Marvel <laughs> connection? So the main villain of the movie, if you want to call it a villain, an 18-wheeler had the Green Goblin on the front. The Green Goblin's Whoa. head. Oh. Yeah, and get this, CJ. There was a truck stop in the movie, right? And the Dixie Boys truck stop was made 10 miles outside of Wilmington, North Carolina. And it was such a convincing truck stop that truckers actually kept stopping there and eventually the producers <laughs> had to put announcements in local payer, papers saying this is just a movie set don't stop by so yeah number wow. number three oh, maximum overdrive um it was also rumored by the way that large segments of the movie were filmed or directed by george a romero because Ooh. stephen king's having okay. a little bit of a like having some Al problems Al romero <laughs> I don't know what the A stands for, but he made the Night of the Living Dead uh, shows. So maybe Alpha Romero. No, but Stephen King was having some issues with the um, some substances. And so he wasn't exactly oh, no. present all the time, if you know what I mean. So there you right. go. Maximum Overdrive, I 1986. Need to be a little bit tougher with Tim on the two minute limit here. All right, back to Sarah, moving to number two. Oh man, all right. This is gonna hurt my heart a little bit, but um, I love the Highlander movies, but Highlander 3, actually Highlander 2, is actually really a travesty. Highlander 2 is pretty rough. <laughs> if Smitty was here, we'd give you a good Sean Connery. A lot, like I love Highlander. I'm a longtime Highlander fan, and like I watched all of the, the all the TV shows, both both the, uh, Highlander and like the Raven, that short-lived spinoff. Like I love Highlander, but Highlander Two is pretty. It's a there's like aliens involved. It's a pretty rough. That's a pretty rough adaptation. Okay, moving on. We are back to Stacy. No, Chuck. Chuck with number. You're number two. Okay. My number two worst movie was actually uh, Molly Ringwald as Nikki uh -oh. and, and Peter Strauss as Wolf in Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D. Oh, 3D. <laughs> it was bad. I, that, of course, this was before <laughs> the Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and you know all that. So uh, before Molly Ringwald became super duper famous, but already she's like playing a waif on a desert planet that 
has to like fight this energy vampire and some guy comes down and oh it, it's it's bad it's bad but i mean i liked it when i watched it back in the day it's like oh <laughs> how long have they been doing 3d movies i would not have thought that a 3d movie had come out before breakfast club that was just as 3d was starting getting really exciting at first it was like the first wave 3d or the the second wave 3d because the first wave 3d was from the 60s or the 50s or something like that mm -hmm. and and they put a, a jaws sequel in 3d uh they put all kinds of weird movies in 3d coming at you was like a, a movie i believe in 3d and, and then an created a, a, an album called weird al yankovic in 3d uh it was just <laughs> very weird. yep we had piranha Has 3d seen a movie in 3d that did anybody ever see a 3d movie that they liked that they enjoyed well, step up three <laughs> Level three, take it to the streets. Very good in 3D. <laughs> you know what was actually good in 3D? This was actually a documentary in 3D about the moon, and it was called Magnificent Desolation. And it was really oh, good. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will admit, and I, I was not a part of this, but I had friends in junior high who got to go <laughs> see Friday the 13th in 3D. And I'm not going to no. go into the details, but they loved it. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I think well no, there's certain things you have happened in the woods. You're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stacey, what is your number two? My number two. And, you know, just reiterating how much thinking this took. Um, there was a movie called Moon. I don't know if anybody's seen this movie. It's about a guy alone on the moon, and he's mining something, and he puts it into these tubes and sends it back to Earth, and he's up there alone, and he's got a little TV screen that has a face on it that talks to him every day. Does anybody remember this movie? <laughs> no. Well, you know, periodically he, he the, the the screen tells him he's had he's had an, an accident and everything's gonna be okay and as time goes on he discovers that underneath his moon base is a whole a whole laboratory full of clones of himself. So every time they kill him, like every time he wants to escape, they kill him and get rid of it, the memories and, and, and then the clone wakes up and is told he had an accident and they reconstruct his memories, and it's just this little face on a TV is his only friend up there. Um, and it's crazy, but it's like so psychologically damaging by the time you get out of it. I was very disturbed. Wow. <laughs> you know, that makes me wonder, do you think that could have been what was really happening in Groundhog Day? <laughs> yeah. He was just getting killed every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kept coming back. Wow. Possibly. Okay, that is a disturbing one. Wow. I, but now I want to watch it. You sold it. <laughs> All right, Tim, coming your way. What is your number two? Okay, my You're number two clock, is two from minutes, 1983. Put me in from the clock, but listen, it's from 1983. I have a classic clip here, and we'll see if anybody can identify it. I have confidence in Dr. Liz, so we'll see. <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Chase. Wealthy, young, handsome. 
man with the brightest of futures, a man with the darkest of pasts. From Africa's deepest recesses to the rarefied peaks of Tibet, heir to his father's legacy and the world's darkest mystery. My son, you must have faith and learn. This is not the end. This is the beginning. <laughs> Jonathan Chase, master of the secrets that divide man from animal. Animal from man. Manimal. Oh, oh. Manimal. Manimal. <laughs> That's right. Master of the secrets that divide man from animal, animal from man. He's manimal, of course. Don't confuse that with thinking he can only transform into a mammal. He could actually transform into any animal. It just so happened... The budget mainly made him transform into a Hulk and a Black Panther for some reason, because that was in the uh, <laughs> that was in the original episode where all the special effects went into. It only went on for eight episodes. Turns out it was really super popular in France. And guess what, y'all? They're actually planning a remake of Manimal starring Will Ferrell. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. Wow. Well, that will be fun. I'm going. I think we need some animal in our lives. Let's be honest. I just hope he turns into more than the Hulk and the Black Panther and Will Ferrell. (laughs) Will Ferrell could turn into anything. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. So, so y'all in the show, he would occasionally. Yeah, so in the show, he would occasionally. Oh, by the way, the tagline is a man who can change himself into any animal fights crime. That's the tagline. And uh, there just happened to be a bumbling uh, female detective who, for some reason, needed a Hulk's help in solving a crime. Okay. <laughs> Go figure. And occasionally he would tr- he would transform into some other animals like a dolphin, but it was always off screen. So you never saw those. <laughs> oh, there was only so much they could do back in 1983. Let's cut him a break here. But they did have the flipper sound. All right. well thank you for that joyful little ditty right there okay moving back we're back to sarah your number one worst ever sci-fi movie or tv show all right this hurts my heart to admit but i have to go with he-man masters of the universe no it's not good guys i have to admit (laughs) not good when i was a child i loved it i grew up on that but as an adult, it's not it's not a good movie. You Sarah, have to get it in your heart. Sarah, you have to clarify. You're, are you talking about the movie or the television show? The movie, not Thank the movie. Yes. No, oh, the cartoon okay. was phenomenal. I feel better. He-Man and She-Ra, I love that. As a kid, I, I still have my She-Ra sword from my, when I was a small child. It's living in the yes, back of my do. closet someplace. Yes. Very on brand for me, but the movie with, uh, with what's her name, Courtney Cox, and Dolph Lundgren, not a good mm. movie. Mm. That one didn't cut it, huh? I feel sorry, much better that, that hurts my heart. Well, with the movie and not the show, yeah, because you know even Shira was a pretty good comic, a uh, com, uh, cartoon. Oh yeah, I loved the cartoon. Like I like I watched those on repeat as a kid. My mom used to record I them on Betamax. I so much. On Betamax. Beta. Yeah. 
dating myself, but yes, Beta Max. Yeah. That's amazing. That's well, the cartoons were so We didn't have great. any videos when I was a kid, Sarah. <laughs> hey, I had Castle All Grayskull. Right. I had Skeletor. I had Beast Man. I had all of them. Y'all, it broke my heart that my son never really got into action figures. I I really tried. <laughs> and you can pass them on this way. My son's into anything that just like destroys. My daughters have you know fairy wands and stuff, and he just uses them to destroy my house, beat us over the heads with them. So, and we'll take the action Honestly. figures. They sound less dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to Chuck. What is your number one worst, in your opinion, <laughs> sci-fi movie or TV show? Okay. Um, this one is odd. I, hold me to the two minutes, okay? Because I'll go on forever if you don't. Okay. All right. You, you and Sam. This movie was the movie. Yeah. The movie was perfectly good until the last three minutes. And the last three minutes were so bad that it just tilted the movie off the scale to be the absolute worst of all time because of the death scene, or which wasn't actually the death scene. Okay, you see, it was an all-star cast. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sharon Stone, Michael Ironside, Ronnie Cox. I mean, great names of people who did amazing stuff. And it was about uh, a movie that remade uh, the Philip K. Dick short story, We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. It was Total Recall. Yes. Because Total Recall, which was remade, by the way, in 2012. I didn't see it. I don't know. I, I was just too traumatized by the first one to even consider watching this. <laughs> uh, in the last scene, you have to picture this. I was in the movie theater with my then-girlfriend. And we're sitting there in the middle of the movie. And we're just kind of watching this movie go by. And then suddenly... Um, Arnold is about to die because all the atmosphere in the Martian bubble is dissipating, going away. And so then for the next 30 seconds, he's like, and his mouth is going huge and his eyes bulging. And I'm just going, no, that's terrible. That's not how it works. And he just went on and on and on with this horrible scene of like, you know, eyeballs coming out and earlobes, you know, whatever. It was just terrible. And, and my date, right? My girlfriend then at times like, no, boy, no, cut it out. It's just a movie. Cut it out. And I'm saying, no, it doesn't work that way. And anyway, so it just totally ruined it for me. It was all over. All the great stuff before was completely destroyed. Worst movie of all time. Oh, I hate that for you. For what it's worth, no, I really I liked that movie a lot. Well, see, that's the problem. <laughs> That, that last scene was just so horrible, it just completely destroyed it, and then the environment yes. was just terrible, and, and, you know, the girlfriend there elbowing me, trying to make me shut up, and I just couldn't. It was yeah. just horrible. There was no it coming sounds back. Like a terrible experience. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it wasn't terrible, terrible, because in the end, you know, I married her, or she married me. I, <laughs> after that terrible experience, we did it 31 years, so I guess maybe it wasn't the worst. Oh, total recall there. for the win. There, there were some interesting <laughs> anatomical anomalies in Total Recall. Oh, yeah, oh, big there? time. <laughs> Since you remember this, uh, Dr. Mouse, 
you will remember the best line that Arnold delivered in that entire movie, right? Was when he had to uh, take a drilling tool that looked like a big jackhammer swirly thing and jab it through the cab and to attack Vinny, the betrayer of him. And, and you could see it coming from a mile away and he was going, you know, spinning around and he's like, Vinny, screw you! And then he's like, this big I will say an Arnold Schwarzenegger line. Yeah, I wanted to say I wanted to say what wasn't it? Um, it's not a tumor, but I think that was it's a not a tumor. Movie. That's Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did have one of the great. I feel like Kindergarten Cop every day. I, I tell you what, though, Doctor Lou, you may remember it had one of the greatest uh, action set pieces ever, in my my opinion, where he's going through the X ray machine and yes. this whole fight with the x-rays it happens that that was pretty cool that was actually pretty cool i do feel like kindergarten cop every day though every day i feel like i'm gonna be a good mom today we're gonna be happy i'm gonna teach my kids by the end of the day i'm like shut up shut up (laughs) and and why have you not gotten a ferret yet (laughs) that's what i need more chaos more chaos Arnold loves the kids and the kids love Arnold, right? So maybe same, that's the true same. mark of yeah. character when it comes and to And at the end of the day, the same thing happens here. And my house is as ruined as that kindergarten classroom is too. All right, Stacy, your number one worst my, sci-fi movie or TV show. It's gotta be a series called Earth Final Conflict. Does anybody know this oh. one? Do you like it, Chuck? I, I, I won't comment, but I did watch it. <laughs> okay. So, that means you've got it so in the this, right place. This came after Gene Roddenberry's death and his wife, Majel, who was Black Swan of Troy, um, took, took uh, his notes and, and came up with this series based on his notes. And there are five seasons, and every season is just a little worse. And by season five, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> um, there are these these um, these aliens living on Earth. They're called Talons, and, and they're 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 also called Companion. And and people love them, but there are some people who are very suspicious of them and their intentions. And and then there there are all these other these other creatures that aren't so good, um, Geridians and. Then there are these these really bad ones, like they morph pe- people and these creatures morph into these worst creatures, and the very worst ones are, are called um, Atavis. And and by season five, everybody is now an Atavis. <laughs> and I just couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. But Michael Cambius from All My Children is in it. So that was kind of interesting, just seeing his face and trying to figure out who he was. So if anybody's, you know, remembers Michael Candy from all my children. So anyway, I've got to say, sorry, oh, Chuck. Man. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but that would be my worst. This music was fun. <laughs> that this voice at the end, it was always you one of the show is bad when you have to stop. Remember that? <gasps> yes! Now I do! Thank you for that audio reminder. And 
case you don't already follow him on Instagram, Dr. Lou at the Luniverse sings quite often on his <laughs> Instagram page. So it's worth the follow just for that. <laughs> Occasionally look at the hashtag, the singing astronomer. You'll find him that way too. Yes. <laughs> hashtag the singing astronomer. Yeah, we've got some <laughs> clips of him singing on our show a few times too. Love it. So yes, the uh, watch it for four episodes, or four seasons, and can't get through the fifth one. It tells you that that's a uh, pretty bad, pretty bad ending for that show, which is unfortunate. But all right, we are going to round out our worst ever sci-fi movies and shows with you, Doctor Mounts. Your worst ever. What is it? Okay, so I. Have to- clarify something real quick before we get into the best sci-fi we nominated a couple of things for permanent residents in the best sci-fi hall of fame and that was star wars and star trek so you won't hear any of us mention anything from the star wars or star trek universe in the best sci-fi category but i am going to cheat a little bit for my number one worst sci-fi ever i've got just a little clip here to give you a clue I don't like sand. It's coarse, <laughs> rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Would you be wrong to think that there's no way in the world that's Darth Vader? No, you would not be wrong. Why would that be Darth Vader? But sure enough, that whiny, depressed, saddlebag of emotional drama is Darth Vader. That's right. And so that for that reason. My number one worst of all time, the Star Wars prequels. I'm sorry, I know that's cheating a little bit. We had everything from Jar Jar Binks to sappy, whiny Darth Vader, who's always in love and just moping around about it. Horrible dialogue like what you just heard or when you heard him say no at the end of one of the episodes. Dull, heavy political scenes midi-chlorians, whatever the heck those are. Like, what was wrong with the Force? (laughs) The Jedi Council basically did nothing ever except Yoda and Mace Windu, even though there's a whole council full of, you know, really awesome Jedi sitting there. You had super disposable bad guys who, as soon as their plot usage was over, they just, boom, immediately killed them, like Darth Maul, Count Dooku, General Grievous, see ya, you know. And not to mention, by the way, probably the biggest plot hole, I think, ever, is that you know what? I don't care what universe you're in. If it's even if it's a far, long, long time ago, I won't spoil it. But if you're Darth Vader, if you're Anakin Skywalker, and you did what he did to the little Jedi's, you know, you're never getting forgiven. I'm sorry, you're not coming back from that. You're not. You're not going back to the light side. You're not getting redeemed. Luke is not forgiving you. Star Wars prequels. There's even a whole song about it. Why does Dad always get so mad? watching the Star Wars prequels, so <laughs> there you go. That's, that's it. I'm, I'm actually, my blood pressure is actually raising just a little bit. <laughs> I'm a, I, need a drink. I, be, I need a drink. Okay. That's what happens when George Lucas doesn't have his, his now ex-wife to help him rewrite those scripts. She was the ghostwriter on when the When did these movies come out? In the late 90s. I was in high school, so late 90s okay. sounds right. Hmm. This might make sense for why I've never watched a Star Wars movie. I did attempt one time to watch a Star Wars movie, and it would have been in the early 2000s. 
And I left about five minutes in. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's oh. happening. I'm too close to the screen. I don't get this. I'm out of here. That was that's probably a prequel. And that's not the way to start. <laughs> so I got to go back. I got to do that. Not... Yeah, I'm thinking it yeah. was a prequel. Not yeah, the way do to not start, start with these I feel better now about the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> like, I, I got to go way, way back, right? To the, what was it, 70s? Yeah, to the 70s ones. Yeah. The ones that okay. we all watched in all right. the movies. That's with yeah. Mark Hamill and Harrison yes. Ford. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. That's where mm -hmm. I need to go. I need to take it back. <laughs> well, as much as you hated those movies, Kim, I really enjoyed you talking about them. So thank you for that gift. Cool. That was fantastic. All right, before we dive into our favorite sci-fi movies and TV shows, please do be sure to follow our guest, Dr. Lou, and his podcast, The Lunaverse. He also has some wonderful books out there. He's a very knowledgeable astrophysicist. We keep bringing him on for things like comics and science fiction, but I promise you he is very intelligent <laughs> and able to explain things really wonderfully way to understand them. So thank you for joining us once again. And he's been on our show enough. We now call him Chuck. You can too. All right. Sarah and Stacey are joining us as well tonight. They are part of the universe camp. And we're thankful to have your time here and we're going to dive right in. So best ever sci-fi movies and TV shows. To be continued. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Our show depends on the support of listeners like you. Find us on Venmo under the business accounts at Bigfoot UFO. If you can't get enough of us, please check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats. Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained. <laughs>